Hey there, you're listening to Make New Friends, a weekly podcast about the trials and tribulations found in the realm of friendship. We're your hosts, Mary Aikman and Sienna Mooney. Let's make new friends. Woo! Yes. Welcome, y'all. Yes, welcome. To the podcast. <laughs> Today, we're talking about work friends. And to start us off, uh, Sienna, we're actually work friends. If you believe it or not. Oh my gosh. I'd never I'd never thought about that before, but I think you're right. <laughs> like at least a small part of our friendship is like the fact that we work together. I don't think we're friends because we work together. Right, right. But we are friends that work together. <laughs> yeah, no, I right? I get what you mean. Um there's I think also a big difference between friends who work together. And friends who came together because of work, you know? Like, yes, I mean, agreed. we've known each other for quite a few years now. It's not like we were working at Starbucks together, for instance, and just, you know, struck up a conversation and became best buds. So here we are. <laughs> God, could you imagine if that was like how we met, though? Right. I mean, I feel like that's a conventional way. Ours isn't as conventional, <laughs> but it would be very weird. Yeah, I feel like our whole dynamic would be a little different, but... Well, I will, like, get it out of the way and say that I just don't make friends with the people I work with, generally. Yeah. So we might be never would have fr- been friends. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, a huge thing about, like, working with people is that... You're all there for the same reason. It's a job. You're getting paid. You know, sometimes you get more out of it. But I think on the whole, it's a stressful environment Mm. at times. I said environment super weird, but you get the gist. (laughs) Also, sometimes like being in an office with someone can be really stressful uh, and you might not associate them as like with good feelings. You know, you might associate this person with like oh, phone's ringing off the hook and deadlines and stuff. You may not want to invite them over to watch TV. Right, right. But we, as friends who work together, still have to deal with that stressful stuff Mm -hmm. as well because we work on a project together and, like, sometimes it can – I don't know if it's ever been, like, stressful, but it's definitely been, like, hectic or – urgent at times yes <laughs> like when i lost half the audio for <laughs> for one of the episodes and then lost the full audio for another episode yeah. you know just things that are totally my fault <laughs> well i mean but i think it's manageable and also because we know what each other is like and we have an idea of what our yeah life true. is like outside of I guess the the workspace you could call it but on the flip side if we were in an office setting and we had only met through work we wouldn't have that sort of perspective and I don't know if <laughs> if we'd be as forgiving of those sort of things I feel like that's an True. easier way to yeah build a grudge against someone no that makes sense no i i totally agree with that going off of that uh there are a lot of different types of work that develop different kinds of work friendships so for instance you've got part-time jobs you've got full-time jobs there are also um internships and placements and sort of temporary gigs and there are also side projects so off the bat i feel like 
make new friends for us is more of like a side project. We're obviously not, we're not like building income from it. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot less pressure for us to, I guess, perform would be a good word to use here. But um, I feel like we get a lot out of it. It's something we do in our free time. And we're able to just kind of run with it and um, have fun. Yeah. Whereas if it was a full-time job, a lot of those expectations would be a lot higher, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like the friendship aspect wouldn't necessarily fall into place. Well, taking the money out of it is, I think, a big deal because, like, you're not working to, like, a performance level. Mm -hmm. Like, you're working hard because you're passionate about what you're doing. And, like, you would hope that whatever full-time job or what job you're getting paid for, you would also have that passion. But, like, we're solely running on the passion of doing it. Yeah. So to worry about, like, performance and making sure, like, you're living up to the amount of money that you're being given or what have you, like, is out of the equation. And so that you can focus on – like, instead of focusing on that stress, you focus on, like, maintaining the friendship through the side project. Or you focus on um, just making the project as good as it can be. And to do that, it's working better with the other people as part of the equation as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what you said about us at the very beginning of the episode, like, is true, again, for side projects. Um, but I know that I've worked with a lot of people – on side projects that that friendship aspect doesn't stay as strong mostly because for me the passion is like high strong and then for other people it's just like oh this is just another thing that I'm doing and so that has come into play at times I've been like wanting to shake someone be like could you take this as seriously as I do yeah like please I want to make it successful and you're not helping me you're not meeting me in the middle and so it's made me think less of the people that I've worked with when like initially I thought oh this would be a great person to work with they do this this and this and I know that this would be something that they would love and then they don't meet my expectations Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh shoot you know yeah yeah I think that's really interesting. Um, I hadn't considered that perspective of like you being all in on it, but because it's a side project, people don't always, um, you know, put their everything towards a side project. And I also feel like um, you could probably apply that sort of dynamic to a lot of these work friendships, particularly like with an internship, you know, it's over the summer most of the time. Uh, someone might just be doing it so they have something to do or someone might be doing it because they love the company they're interning at. Um, And so you have these different values going in. And I think being friends with someone means that you're you have shared values. And uh, sometimes it's hard to find that common ground when you're in this sort of temporary space and you maybe feel like they're not seeing eye to eye with you. It's also harder to communicate as well especially like you were Mm -hmm. saying how sometimes people just like don't take it seriously and they're not getting stuff done and it's like please just pull your weight um I imagine that's very frustrating so I totally agree about uh what you said of people going in for different reasons Mm -hmm. because an internship that I did this summer I did it at an institution that I I really love that I've worked at before And I went into it because, one, there was 
parts of the internship that I knew I needed for like the future of my museum career Mm -hmm. that I hadn't gotten experience anywhere else. So for this internship, it was to get to know the TMS system, which is the museum system. And it's like a software for um, collections management, essentially. And one of my other like colleague interns, there was three of us in the same department. He was in it because he was looking for like an internship that was specifically about archives. Like he wanted to do like the research aspect of being in an archive. And so for him, it was all about the research. And for me, it was all about like more of the technicalities of the job that I hadn't gotten elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Because I can do research anywhere on anything if I really wanted to. But like you can only really get that in a museum setting like I was in. Mm -hmm. So we clashed a lot, not only because of our like differing reasons for being there, but also just like he was very, um, how do I say this? (laughs) He was uh, very like mansplainy. Oh. And I think that because he was there to like do serious research, he like thought that what I was doing wasn't as like up to par with what he was doing. And it's like, no, my friend, like we are here for very different reasons. And like you do you, but don't like look down on the stuff that I'm doing just because it's not the same thing that you're wanting to do. And that was like the basis of why we didn't get along. But there was also other reasons. Um, But that was kind of the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I think an important thing that we always kind of need to remember as just humans and when we go into a situation, especially that like that, that's temporary, um, is to like just go in and like let things roll off your back and also to don't expect things out of people. Yeah. Because like in three months, they're going to be gone, you know? Very true. Um, Going off of, uh, not expecting things of people. Um, earlier this year, I uh, I got a job. Uh, I feel like I've mentioned this before. If not, I got a job earlier this year because I was very bored and I was like itching to make friends, I guess, and get out of the house and just like occupy my time. And the money was like a bonus for me. Um, long story short about the job aspect, it was not the right job for me, but what I really enjoyed about it was the people. They were all very welcoming and very nice and they were eager to help out. And that was like really important. But I was also coming from this place where like I really wanted to make connections with new people and launching into a job after like not being in a job for ages uh, wasn't great. And also I was kind of like putting these expectations that, you know, oh, if I put myself out there, I'm in this job, this full-time position with these other people who are in a full-time position, I'm going to meet someone and maybe like I could invite them to my Halloween party or uh, maybe we could go out for drinks, like just kind of thinking like it's just going to happen because I'm I'm there and they're there. But that's not always the case and it wasn't the case. And, um, you know, I, I quit the job and I'm better off for it because it just wasn't like the right uh, setting. And I don't think that I would have actually been friends with any of the people I was working with. So, you know, just 
lower your expectations. Don't expect too much from your coworkers if you are going into it for the potential friend aspect, you know, like you're also there to do work. So, yeah. Ugh. I think that's something that I've like almost done too much is that most of the jobs I've ever gone into, I go in thinking like, I'm not going to make friends with these people. Like my expectations are so low that I'm like, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's one, I think it's a little bit of an issue because at my last part-time job, I worked at a movie theater and everyone I worked with except for maybe like five people, it was, it was quite a big staff. Um, I worked there for almost nine months, a lot longer than I thought I was going to work there. Yeah, that's like a whole baby's worth. <laughs> I know. <laughs> My initial plan was like only three months and then I ended up being there for a lot longer than that, which is fine. Yeah. But everyone there was my around my age, which I had almost never worked in a setting where people were my age, except for when I worked at a pizza place in college. But like they weren't the kind of people that I would really like hang out with. They were, you know, kind of like uh, people who did drugs, for instance. Oh, okay. <laughs> like that sort of thing. Like I'm not going to hang out with those people. And I'm talking about like not just weed. I'm talking about like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> the hard stuff. The hard stuff. <laughs> so I was like actually surprised at how well I got along with like all these people at Cinebistro where I worked. And I almost like regretted going into it thinking like I'm not going to make any friends because by the time I like left, I actually like really missed some of those people. Aww. And like they were my friends and we hung out like – I think I only hung out with any of them like once out of work. But like they uh, – everyone on staff had worked there, especially the servers had worked there for a while. And so they would hang out with each other out of work like all the time. Mm. And I sort of regretted like going into it thinking like, oh, I'm just going to like do my thing, I'm going to work and not like bother trying to make friends. Yeah. And now I regret it. Yeah. So <laughs> that sucks. Um, I think any time that you come out of a situation being like, damn, I should have done this uh, is crappy. Mm -hmm. But um, hindsight bias. <laughs> I've, I've been there too. But I think like what you can take away from basically like my experience and your experience is to just kind of be somewhere in the middle, like open to the possibility mm -hmm. of uh, making friends with your coworkers, and then also just not putting a lot of pressure on yourself to make those friends or pressure on your coworkers to be your friend because nobody likes that person at work that's just like hey guys what are we doing this week yeah <laughs> and like you've never made plans with them before and they're it's just really like not the right time I'm like who are you yeah <laughs> not now karen <laughs> um so do you want to talk about some of the stages of work friendships uh sure so I've kind of like fleshed out uh, like three major stages or like three walls or hurdles to get over. Mm -hmm. So the first is obviously like your introduction. You start a new job. It's the first couple weeks and you're not only trying to like be a friendly human with your coworkers, but you're also trying to get a hold of the new job. Like you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. And so those first couple weeks are just like – awkward that's like pretty much the only word you can use unless you're like one of those people who are like a star and like <laughs> meet 
everyone and are just like all of a sudden friends oh with like gosh. everyone. That is a very rare person, mm-hmm. I think. So all of us go through the initial um, moment of like trying to get to know the people we're working around. And it may be like you get to know the person you sit next to at your like cubicle <laughs> um, really well or the person you like work in the same like area with. Mm-hmm. And it might take a while for you to like know even the names of yeah the people in like the cubicle across the room. Yeah. One thing um, at the job I was at earlier this year, the guy who was – the new person before me, he had actually written out like a floor plan of the office and written down people's names and what they did at the company. And he made me a photocopy of that and gave it to me. So that was so helpful. I know. And it's it was really nice to have someone kind of like be like, yeah, I was the new guy. um, So here's what I have to impart upon you for your uh, journey um so that was nice another thing is uh the person that like shows you around the office is probably going to be like your point person when you Mm -hmm. need something and I would say like if I was like betting if you liked them at first like you should probably try and cultivate that sort of friendship because obviously they've shown you around and you've gotten your footing and you might feel more comfortable like having lunch with them and that's like you know one of the easy ways to find out more about a person is just like be like oh what are you doing for lunch or you know stuff like that that seating chart is amazing because one of the biggest hurdles for me is always remembering names like I will meet someone randomly for like an hour at a party and I will remember their face like 20 years later (laughs) but I can't remember a name from like one minute to the other yeah it was so helpful I'm telling you like if you um if that's what you need to do to just kind of like feel a little less awkward because there's nothing worse than knowing that you have to talk to someone in HR but like not knowing their name or anything like that or like the person next to you you're you know exactly what they look like you know what they do but you don't know their name it's like oh crap like uh, I wish I had like a list or something so even yeah you don't even have to do like a floor plan or whatever just kind of make mental notes if that's what you're up to um just saying like Joanna, accounts, or Jonathan, human resources, like, you know, and maybe like, Jonathan wears glasses, human resources, Joanna, blue eyes, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) Well, in an office, it's like people don't wear name tags. I know. But like, at least like at most part-time jobs, like in the service industry, at least like people wear name tags. So it's a little bit easier to like remember people's name because you're like constantly able to see it like on them so true at the movie theater that i worked at it was like a dine-in movie theater so there was like a full operating kitchen as well so it was like a restaurant and the guys who were in the kitchen like there were some guys that i would like talk to every day i came in i'd be like hey how are you blah 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 and like i still never learned no yeah (laughs) because like i met them the first day and then like I was a concierge, so I was, like, barely ever in the kitchen. I did. I was later in my job because I, like, became a, a food runner later on. Mm-hmm. But initially, I was always in the front. So, like, except for when I walked in every day, I never saw them. Yeah. So, like, 
I didn't learn some of those guys' names until like the very end of my like nine months there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I kind of felt bad about it, but also like wear a name tag, kitchen boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of not knowing people's names that you should know at work, when I was working at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure, I was a line cook and at Universal and places like that, everyone wears a name tag because that's like a part of the uniform. And I could not remember my manager's name at all. And like, she's the person you went to for everything. Yeah. And I just like, I just don't, I still don't remember her name now. It came to me like once, like two years after I quit, but then it just disappeared. So I don't know. I have no idea. But um, yeah, name tags totally help. Um, yeah. So the next stage of work friendships is just becoming comfortable. So you might make a couple groups of the people that you like, the people you don't like, and those that are kind of like in between. You're not really sure how you feel about them. Um, And I mentioned before that uh, going to lunch with people is a very easy way to grow comfortable with someone. You know, you're both eating maybe talk about the weather and eventually, you know, you might talk about the shows you like or the music you like or, oh, did you see that news report? Oh my gosh, like I'm from there. Really? Me too. That sort of basic stuff. Um, But doing that kind of like routine stuff together is, we've said before countless times, like that's a, a surefire way to feel closer to a person. And it can be really hard to like be comfortable with your coworkers, you know because you always in my experience anyway like you want to be the star performer you want to be the best worker out there the best employee and so I ended up putting a lot of pressure on myself and just feeling like I couldn't relax but it is really nice to feel like you can go to someone at your work and just kind of like just be a little more chilled out and not as like on edge all the time. But I don't know about you. Do you have any people that you've found yourself grow more comfortable towards? I mean, yes, definitely, especially at a Cinebistro and like in internships because people, again, tend to be around the same age. My difficulty is that because of the sector that I work in, it's just a lot of people who are like in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. So like I worked at – the museum that I was speaking about before, when I worked there um, previously, I worked in the gift shop, but everyone was like a retired old lady. <laughs> like, no offense to them. Love them. But they were all just like, I'm not going to hang out with these ladies like after work, obviously. Mm-hmm. So our relationship was very, very just at work. Mm-hmm. And they were really were just like awesome ladies. They would ask me about my life. They were so interested in it was right before I went to I moved to England. So they were like really excited about me moving to England. But for the most part, like I was only comfortable like with them at work. Yeah. And like I knew like that comfortableness could never go any farther because I knew that I would never hang out with them out of work yeah because they're like my grandmother (laughs) yeah it's like you look up to them in a way you know it's like you wouldn't go partying with your grandma in most cases so yeah yeah it just feels a little weird I'm I have a similar story with the job I was at in New Orleans and basically um it was a really uh small team and they were all so nice and it was so great because it was just like all women and 
I really enjoyed that. But also, uh, no one was really around my age at the time. I was like 22, 23. So I felt like very young and kind of like when they would invite me to stuff, I just felt a bit weird about it because they're like old enough to be like my aunt or my mom. And it was just like, I look up to you and I don't want to like embarrass myself by doing something that like a stupid young dumb kid would do so yeah I think you definitely have to figure out like if you would hang out with these people outside of work because then that can be like would I yes all right then let's move Mm -hmm. on towards being friends but like if you wouldn't just be like they're they're just someone that I work with and they're nice and I value them but you know, that's where it ends pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. the I'm fortunate that the job that I'm at right now, like everyone is again, like very similar in age. I'm actually one of the oldest people because there's a lot of interns who are freshmen in college. Um, but like all of the like leaders, like so we have team leads and all the team leads are, I'm one of the team leads are um just graduated from college or like have been out of college for a couple of years. Um, and so we all like go out together and have gone out. Well, I've only gone out with them once, but they go out like pretty much every weekend. And it's just so great to be with people that you like you immediately just feel like yourself around yeah. and you don't have to like act like you're, you know, smarter or like funnier or whatever. Like you can just be like you. And I think the job it also a lot of the comfortableness comes with the type of job you're working at like or the reason you're working so like at a food industry place like you're working for service what i'm doing is like surrounded by democratic ideology and values so like i immediately knew that going into this like these people believe the same things i Mm -hmm. do and so that was like a barrier i knew i didn't have to like cross like i don't know if this person is a trump voter like i knew these people weren't because of the job that they were working yeah so (laughs) right so those are the type of stuff that you like don't have to worry about sometimes depending on what job you're working which is nice yeah and the environment too uh is a big thing like the job that I was at earlier this year was definitely like it was almost business formal like I went in wearing slacks and a button-up shirt and it was the most dressed up job I've ever had and so that added a lot to feeling like I couldn't really be myself whereas the job before that in New Orleans was very laid back like you could show up wearing just like a t-shirt and jeans and it was great it was very freeing very like expressive because it was a more creative industry in the film industry as it is and then you have like Universal Studios Islands of Adventure like as a line cook uh just kind of grinding out (laughs) just hating everything uh so I feel like I've kind of I've hit a lot of different points in my career so far but yeah you've mentioned being a line cook before to me but I just like every time you say it I just cannot imagine you (laughs) like behind like a grill I know oh my gosh it was awful and like Um, I think I've told you before about how I like dropped this big block of sliced cheese on the floor and this woman like just yelled at me as if like I did it on purpose and it's like girl like 
Come on. The manager that you can't remember her name? No, it, uh, she was one of like the the leads in the oh like she was like the head chef or whatever it's like it's not that serious like i feel shitty already like calm down yeah (sighs) anyway enough of that (laughs) our final stage is friends for life and then i put not likely yeah but also it could happen like the final stage is that you like become true friends with someone and it's someone that even after you leave that job you're friends with them and you still want to hang out with them or you still want to stay connected with them. Yeah. I don't think I have any, maybe like one or two people from Cinebistro, but otherwise, like, I don't think I have anyone like that. Do you? No, not really. I think it's just like strong professional relationships with um, a lot of the people. Yeah. But I know of some people I used to be friends with, they grew really close with their work friends. And I think that they were uh, from Universal as well. So, you know, kind of just like a regular old theme park job. And uh, I I believe they're still friends to this day. And that was maybe like five, six years ago. So it's definitely possible to be friends with people. I think that both parties just have to be into it you know like everyone has uh something going on in their lives especially when you're only seeing this person like maybe eight hours a day and if you're doing like a part-time job you might not have the same hours so right you've got to want to make the time to hang out outside of work you know and even with like full-time jobs you know you're spending so much time at work sometimes you don't want to spend your valuable alone time with someone that you see like five days a week you know so I, I definitely get why uh you might be really good friends with someone at work but then once you go home it's like they don't exist but it's not impossible to cultivate strong friendships especially if you both really enjoy the field that you're in or the job you're in and you find similar interests or if you are around the same age I think it's pretty easy to come together come together right now (laughs) over me Uh, is that the same song i don't know i have no clue (laughs) (laughs) i i will say that like the work that i've done with youtube like in the youtube world i definitely feel like i can be friends with those people i don't know it's like it might have to do a little with like the passion that you have for a certain thing, mm-hmm. it makes you more inclined to like become friends or or be con- closely connected with the people that you're working with. Yeah. So for instance, I was like the guest services assistant was like, I guess my technical title, me and like the person I was assisting, we really just shared it equally. Um, But for Buffer, I was that position and Katie was the person ab- above me. She was like, the person I was supposed to report to. But, like, we did not know each other before I started working with Buffer. And, like, our entire relationship up until the weekend of Buffer was completely online. Like, I only knew what she looked like based on, like, her photo in her Twitter and in her, like, Slack profile. Mm -hmm. But, like, we had to communicate on so much stuff. And, like, a lot of the stuff that we, like, there was difficulty, like, communicating with other people on the staff. And so we would kind of, like, complain about it together. (laughs) And, like, 
we immediately clicked. Like, we when we met in person, like, she is one of those people that, like, in a years and years time, like, I will still feel like I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. And our relationship was solely based on work. Like, we didn't know each other beforehand. We knew that we, like, liked YouTube or were in the YouTube world, but that was, like, it. And I don't know what about that, like, environment, but I, like, never thought of the people I was with as, like, my work colleagues. Mm. I only thought of them as, like, potential friends that were working on something together. But it was, like, for me, it was a side project because I wasn't getting paid for it. But, like, for everyone else, it was, like, well, it was a mixture of people getting paid and not paid. And I don't know. It was just – it was an interesting dynamic, and it's interesting how that – sort of situation i didn't even think about like not being friends with people yeah maybe because it was internet it was the internet maybe i don't know well i think that passion plays a huge part in forming connections like meaningful connections with people yeah and it seems like that was something you were really passionate about and you know it just made sense it was a no-brainer you know mm-hmm so do you want to go on break yeah um we're gonna take a little break and when we get back we're going to talk a little bit more about making friends in the workplace so stay tuned Hey guys, what's up? It's Sienna here. Just wanted to stick my head in and say I hope you guys are enjoying episode 17 so far. I know work friendships can kind of be a love or hate thing, but hopefully you're loving the episode. Anyway, let's get on with a break, shall we? As you guys know by now, we don't pay to advertise the podcast in any way, shape, or form. So if you like what we're doing here at Make New Friends, then make sure you spread that good, good word. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Tell your veterinarian your veterans and maybe even your vampire buds you know Uh, yeah tell them too um however you want to spread the word we sincerely appreciate it and who knows you might just make a friend out of it too Another way that you can show your support for the podcast is by leaving us a review on iTunes. This is a great way to give new listeners an idea of what they can expect from the podcast, but it also helps us out on the business end too. So if you like to see us flourish, consider leaving us a review. All right, that's about all I have for you this week. The next episode of Make New Friends will be out on November 15th. And with that, I shall let you get back to the episode. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome. So for this half of the episode, we're going to do what we normally do, which is we're going to talk about a few articles or research that has been done on the specific topic that we're speaking on. So the first article we have, it's not research. It's more of an advice column from the New York Times. I mean, it is. It's not more of. It is an advice column from the New York Times. And um, I guess like this advice column is called like work work a list or something where essentially it's like people actually mail in or like email issues that they have with work and this advice person gives them specifically about work so i think it's called the workologist oh workologist is that it yeah okay cool so if you are having issues at work about friendships about talking with your colleagues etc feel free to look this up and ask for some advice who knows maybe you'll 
get it answered. Yeah. But the <laughs> title of this, uh, for this advice section is, I'm here to work, not to be your friend, which is something that we've already sort of hinted at. The first thing I love about this article is, well, it's actually the, like, the write-in from the person who's having issues, they start their issue with, I have a coworker with whom every interaction can best be described as running your body up against sandpaper. Ugh. Which is just perfect. Yeah. It really does um, describe what it feels like sometimes to deal with other humans in the world. Anyway, they um, are asking for advice about a certain coworker who is quite cold to them and also not only being like rude in person, also refuses to reply to emails and do some tasks that are work related, not just like person to person related. So um, the what is it? The work workologist. Yeah. Yes. So the workologist answers, um, and the first thing that they say is. For these situations, we need to be clear um, that at work, sometimes it's just best not to have too many close friends. And that's totally okay um, because when you're at work, you're at work. And you're there to um, make something or to make money or whatever it is you're at work to do, you're there to do it and you're not there to make friends. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about that initially? Um, you know, sometimes people are in the workforce to make friends as well as work, you Mm -hmm. know, like that was one of the reasons I wanted to get a job. And it makes me think of people who are retired, but uh, take jobs at like charity shops and stuff like that and volunteer. True. And they're doing it because they are Sometimes, like, they're bored, they're looking to get out of the house, but also, you know, they want to have some human interaction, maybe, stuff like that. So that's the only thing that I would, I guess, add in as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, you know, it's not wrong to be like, uh, you know, I'm all about work, not about friends. But it makes me also think of, you know, on reality TV shows where, um, like, America's Next Top Model, when someone says, like, I'm here to win. I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here to win. I'm not here to make friends. It's like, okay, but like, you don't have to be a bad person, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, you... You can still be friendly. Yeah, right? Like, cordial and um, not, like, cold. Because I think that that's got to suck for you, you know? If you were in that situation, right. you're putting so much energy towards, like building this wall between you and everybody else like that's got to be super draining you know so I don't know if that's just how you are normally like by all means be that person but if (laughs) your natural instinct is to uh, respond when someone asks how you're doing you know just (laughs) do what comes naturally (laughs) don't be like I'm not talking to you because I don't want to make friends I'm here to work (laughs) That would be so weird, actually, if someone really said that to you. I know. Um, But the workologist makes clear that for the issues that the anonymous person who mailed in their issues, he makes – or she, I'm not sure if it's he or she – makes clear that the issues that they're having with this person is, like, one, it's an 
interpersonal issue Mm -hmm. and then the other is solely a work issue like this person isn't answering emails that have to do with work like that is a management issue yeah or an issue that needs to be resolved like no matter what kind of person the other person is Mm -hmm. like they could be the nicest person in the office you still need to resolve the issue of them not like doing their work properly and then you need to resolve the issue of your relationship with them so like the two things don't have to be connected Mm -hmm. um and so that's a point that they make clear in the response i think another point that is sort of a counterpoint is when you work somewhere for a really long time like you can't have that mindset you just can't like no when you work somewhere for like 10 years and someone else, like, for the most part, like, when you work at a company that long, there's probably other people who have also worked at that company for that long. Mm-hmm. You can't just be like, I am not friends with these people. Right. Like, at that point, you're probably friends, even if you've, like, been trying to resist it. Like, knowing someone for 10 years and, like, not hating them is, like, a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. And also, something that reminds me of is, like, you know how for job interview prep, um, they always say, like they as in everyone who writes an article on this stuff, Yeah, they always say to be yourself. And, you know, that's super true. Like you go in and like, sure, you're being very professional and very businessy, but you're also being like warm and open, sometimes even like a little bubblier than usual, um, which makes me think of like uh, jobs at theme parks and stuff. You know, you've got to be like, welcoming Mm -hmm. and just imagine if you got hired after going through all of this stuff and being like super outgoing and like cheerful whatever and then the first day of work you show up and you're just like stone-faced no (laughs) one can get through to you like dude that's gonna make uh your employers like take a second look at you and be like what happened like They were so bright and they were ready to like do this job. And um, also I think like being cold in the workplace can really mess with your job prospects, uh, if that makes sense. Like people might be less likely Mm. to write you a good review. Uh, They might be less likely to promote you or give you a raise or give you that like um, the lead on the next case sort of thing you know like <laughs> yeah they're not going to see you as someone who is open to new things uh because you've closed yourself off in many ways and like sure you're like i'm only here for business i'm only here to work but come on you gotta like be a human too. like smile every once in a while you know that's a good point about the um like references and like a promotion and stuff mm-hmm. because like networking and like connections are pretty much everything and especially in certain job sectors so if you're not someone who's like nice at least Mm -hmm. good luck (laughs) but also like on the flip side if you know of like a co-worker who is just like has a stick up their butt um you know maybe they're going through some tough stuff or maybe like they're finding it really difficult to adjust to the job true so um 
if it were me acting really cold, I would appreciate someone talking to me and being like, hey, is everything okay? Because I'm definitely much more responsive when people ask, like, what's going on? Um, I'm less likely to just like be like, guys, this is what's wrong with me. Everybody listen while I cry in the break room. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you make a friend out of that. Exactly. From the person who asked. Well, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, you're one step closer right. to making a friend. So uh, one point that I wanted to bring up because uh, I think this comes into play a lot with like more temporary positions is you kind of like need to depersonalize the way you approach things, especially in a workplace, because a lot of the time we want to assume it's because of us. Mm. Like, and this kind of connects with your last comment, like – oh, it's it's my fault these things are happening or it's my fault that that person doesn't like me or it's my fault that I don't like what I'm doing or whatever. Sometimes you kind of just have to like step back and like look at it from a bird's eye view mm-hmm. and it can ha- kind of help you reposition yourself in the situation. Like if it is with someone else at work and they're acting a certain way towards you, you kind of have to like say, is this me or is this the job? Is this me or is this something that they is happening at home that they don't want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And that can help you relieve sort of the stress of hoping someone is your friend or not understanding why this person doesn't like you. I mean, it won't always work out perfectly and sometimes it depersonalizing doesn't help the situation but if you're like stuck in a rut and you don't know why that's always a good step to take to kind of reevaluate totally and not just in the workplace as well you know just taking a step back from any relationship that you maybe feel like whatever's happening is a result of something you've done just take a step back and Um, look at the bigger picture and see if there's something that you missed or that isn't your fault, you know? Like, you shouldn't have to feel crappy because someone's treating you like crap, you know? Right, right. Um, So I think that's an excellent point to bring up. So the next piece of work that we're going to look at is uh, research from the Harvard Business Review. Very fancy. Didn't we have an... um some research from the Harvard Business Review like way early on in the season? We might have. I don't quite remember. I don't remember what it was about, but it it was about friendship. (laughs) (laughs) So this is called Work Friends Make Us More Productive. Hmm. And this was a um, some research that was done at Rutgers University. um, And it was led by a, a woman named Jessica Method, I think that's how you say it. Um, I'm sorry, Jessica, if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Um, but essentially, the study uh, looked at the relationships inside a company um, to determine whether uh, they were harmful to performance or helpful to performance. And so the way they sort of outlined it is that they, they started with one company. Later on, they actually did this at... Um, Uh, several other companies and replicated the experiment to make sure that it was like valuable or that it was at least correct leaning and it was but what they did was they took 168 employees at an insurance company and um, they organized the employees so that like during a certain amount of time they were all doing sort of like different positions within the company Mm -hmm. um, so that they got to work with uh, different types of people and at different types of like dynamics um, so that they could kind of like meet everybody and it not just be like in one department so it was very strategized 
And then uh, the researchers surveyed the employees, asking them 10 coworkers who they would go to assistance for if there was like a job challenge that came up, and then 10 employees or coworkers who they considered a friend. Mm. And then they took the like the names that everyone gave them and like sort of created this part's a little bit technical and they don't go too much into too much detail about it, but they made two lists into two networks of um the different people and they then uh wait, let me just make sure I'm saying this. Then after they had gotten the networks together, they asked the employees about um questions falling into the realm of emotional exhaustion or how the work environment actually was. And then about six to four weeks later, they uh, surveyed the supervisors to find out how well the employees were doing. So like with these three categories, they were able to like map out like how well the people did at the end of the experiment, the people that they like felt the most connected to or the people that they felt were more like coworkers and then just also personal um, experience about the work environment. Hmm. And so at the end of all this, essentially, they found that the relationships, they call them multiplex relationships, but they're basically just relationships that have like lots of different like nuance and layers. And they're not just like, worker co-worker relationships so they found that these multiplex relationships driven by having a lot of different co-workers that eventually developed into friends and significantly increased the employee's performance as judged by the supervisor who they interviewed at the end wow hopefully that all makes sense <laughs> to you listeners out there yeah so essentially the end thing is that if you feel like a coworker is a friend, your productivity is higher, essentially. Hmm. I can see that. But the research does lay out that being friends with people in the workplace can also be a distraction. Oh, totally. Which I think is like pretty logical that like if you're like f- best friends with the person you sit beside, like you're probably going to talk more. Mm-hmm. You probably um, are going to get distracted by things like, oh, hey, like this just came up on my Twitter feed. Let's like chat about this for like five minutes, you know? Yeah. But also you feel motivated by them. And so your productivity tends to be higher. Clearly the distraction element doesn't like isn't a big enough factor that it like hurts productivity but it is a outcome of the situation yeah I think that's a really useful study because I think like we were just talking about going into a work situation and being cold to people not willing to uh, meet them at the same level as like just human beings and just treating them as like we are simply co-workers that study just proves that we need human interaction and yeah like kindness goes a long way and also like it's even better if you feel close to your coworkers because then you feel like you can count on them maybe to help you out of a sticky situation like in an instant where maybe you've got um, an unhappy customer on the line and you know you don't know what to do maybe they'd be willing to take over the call and help you out of it mm-hmm. so it's definitely worth your time to be nice to the people you work with and also if you are able to make friends with some of them, uh, you might see a boost in your productivity. You might just be happier going to work, you know? And I think that 
is something that makes working fun is like looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing your coworkers, then I think that that's kind of just like the dream, you know, like, obviously, not everyone is in a situation where they're gonna be like, Oh, my gosh, it's Monday morning. I can't wait to see Susan at work. (laughs) You know, a lot of people think like, it's Monday morning, I need to go to work today. So I can collect a check at the end of the week, but at least I'll see Roger, you know, like he's okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really good study. I think it a lot has to do with accountability as well. Mm -hmm. Like your friends can be accountable for your actions or the stuff that you do. Yeah. Or they can keep you accountable. They can't be accountable. They can keep you accountable. Actually, that, sorry to cut in, but um, that makes me think of like, If you're going to the gym with a friend, you're probably more likely to go back to the gym because, you know, you're doing it together. It's fun. Um, And even if you're taking maybe a little bit longer of a break between things, you're still you might be pushing each other harder and doing more than if you had just gone by yourself because, you know, right. You have someone else there to say like, oh, you could do one more set, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And you trust those people. Mm-hmm. Like you trust that them saying like you can do one more set or like you can write, you know, two more pages of this project file before you leave work. Like, yeah, you go, yeah, you're right. I can. Like, thank you for like pushing me. And you feel comfortable with them saying like, you need to do this because they're your friend. Mm-hmm. And you don't think of them as like a coworker. And you're like, you don't tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. And like a huge thing for me in jobs is like calling people on the phone. I just hate calling people on the phone in general. Mm-hmm. And so when I was at my job in New Orleans, I felt a lot more confident because my coworkers were like, oh, yeah, just just call them up. You'll be great. Or like, oh, you should do the voicemail for the office. And I was like, oh, OK, they think I can do this. All right. I guess I can. <laughs> you have a good voice, Sienna. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> I think everyone would agree since they listen to just our voices every Ugh, day. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, if you disagree, please don't tell us. <laughs> if you disagree, smash that like button, fam. Yes. Uh, give us five stars on <laughs> iTunes. Um, but seriously, give us five stars on iTunes. Yes. Um, there's a video that I wanted to talk about. It's by The School of Life on YouTube. And it's uh, the title of the video is The Problem with Overfriendly People. And I actually, uh, I think I looked this up when I was at my job earlier this year. And it was because I like, I wanted to know if I was doing something wrong and like what I should be doing to potentially make better quality friends at work or, you know, get closer to these people. And basically the video is talking about, um, you know, when you're in a conversation with someone and you are just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Like, that's great. And you're just kind of like agreeing with everything. Or maybe that's just me. But I find myself in those situations a lot where I want to be very positive, um, kind of like championing this person to like do this and be great. Um, And the school of life points out that people don't want that, you know, after a while, it'll seem disingenuous and Mm. more like uh, just surface level. And so you've got to bring something to the table other than just being like a cheerleader for this person. You know, you've got to show your cards as well, you know, and just be like real and authentic. And the video is actually very good. So I'd recommend 
checking it out. If you like good videos and maybe want to um, learn about how not to be too friendly to people. Sounds great. Yeah. I'll watch it right after this. Sure you will, and Mary. So sure you y'all. will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still working on those movies. Yeah. From a couple weeks back. <laughs> How's that going? Uh, um, well, I watched Hocus Pocus for the 500th time last night. Right, so right. it's going well. It's going well. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it from us this week, y'all. Take a shot every time I say y'all. I think that's only <laughs> twice you've said it this week, so. No, three times, I think. I think I said it at the beginning and then after the break and then again. Oh, my gosh. Beginning, middle, and end. So it's just like um, a nice little meal of alcohol. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> okay. Um, so, should I do the outro? Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want. Um, okay. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to Make New Friends. Do you have a story about friendship you'd like to share? Email us at makenewfriendspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook at New Friends Pod. Special thanks to our producer, Alex Papworth, and music by Max Wallace. For show notes, research, blog posts, and more, head on over to makenewfriendspodcast.com and we'll see you next week.